Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. It's Around the House. Coming up on today's show, we're going to be talking about water in the basement, water in the crawl space. How do you stop that? How do you make it go away? Do you have to bring in a company and spend $30,000? No, we've got some tips and tricks to help you keep that basement or crawl space very dry and how to keep that water that's outside from coming in. Maybe you got that backyard that's mushy, marshy. Maybe that flat patio is getting underwater. We can fix that too, all in today's show. Now, make sure you follow us at AroundTheHouseOnline.com or the Around the House show on all our social media platforms. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know, but we've got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to Around the House with Eric G. This is where we talk about home improvement and everything about your home every single week. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, if you need to catch us up on social media, you can find us just about anywhere. Look for Around the House Show on Facebook or Instagram or Around the House with Eric G. And then if you're over on Facebook, we have our own closed group called Around the House Nation. And you can find a a group over there where you can discuss projects, get some advice, and uh, you'll probably even see some HGTV DIY network stars over there helping you through that project. So it's something you don't want to miss. And we did it in a closed group so you could, well, have a safe place to do it with all the trolls and all those guys commenting in there and jumping in. It's a nice, easy place to do some home improvement, which is a lot of fun. Well, today, I really wanted to dive in to a big subject now that we're coming into fall. So many people, it's kind of rainy season, we're getting storms, you know, all that stuff that's been showing up on the news. Even uh, California was getting a bunch of water this last week and they needed it. So I wanted to talk about controlling water around your home. Now, this just isn't, uh, you know, keeping the, the storm drains clean out in the street. This is really about what are the main causes of getting water in that basement or crawl space or even just having that mucky yard that you can't control. So first off, when we're talking about controlling water, let's talk about your basement or crawl space. The number one thing when I'm looking at a house and I see that they've got some, you know, water or moisture issues, it's mostly, and I'll say about 60% of the time in my experience, it's the gutter and downspout system or lack thereof. Now, If you think about it, if you have a gutter system that's up there and it goes down the downspouts and it drops right next to the foundation, maybe it's kicking it out a couple feet, but, you know, it's a very typical system that you see out there. Now, that system is putting, every time you get an inch of rain, you could get 50 to 100 gallons of water dropped right there at that single point. So what's that do? That puts a point load of all that water next to the foundation It's seeping down. It's trying to find that crack, pinhole, joint. And what happens? You get moisture and water in. So the first thing I want you to do is to make sure you have gutters and downspouts. And then when those go down, they need to go into a storm drain system. 
a storm drain system. I'm not just talking about, you know, going out to the street and hook into that storm drain system. I'm talking about going into like three inch ABS PVC or a poly pipe that's going to get this water away from the home. And it needs to go at least 10 feet. Why is that? Well, if you think about water, it's like an upside down cone. When that water hits that point, each foot that it goes down, it gets wider and wider and wider. Well, at 10 feet away, you're away from that basement enough that the edge of the cone is usually not anywhere near that. So you're within a couple feet, and it gives you that chance. But you also want to make sure that that 10 feet is downhill from the point that it's coming, right? Because you don't want it to wash back into the house again. So by doing that, and you can do this as a DIY project, what I've done is I'll go in there and dig a trench, and I'll use, you know, ABS is a very inexpensive and easy-to-use product. You can drop that into that gutter into that, elbow it over, and then you want to have that drain correctly where you've got some slopes so the water runs away from that point, and it'll just go down, and it can just run out, and you can either go into a, a dry well, or even if it goes down far enough, I've done them into... Uh, you know, like a pop-up situation, they make these really cool pop-ups where when there's water pressure behind it, it spring pushes up this uh, drain so the water can go out onto your yard. Or when it's, you know, there's no water pressure there, it sets back down so you can mow over the top of it. Or you can put a dry well in, and there's a couple different ways to do it. If you do a dry well, there's a, a procedure with that. You kind of need to do some figuring how much dry well you need. But a dry well is really where you're just, bit, bit, you know, getting that big hole and you're filling it up with rock you're going to put some fabric down in that and sometimes you use uh they do make some really good canisters to keep the dirt from coming in on that for creating your own drywall so that's its own little show that we're not going to get into but put a good sized drywall in and that way the water has a place to go and soak back down into the earth so that's one way to do it the other way is is you could actually keep it going underground so you make it hard pipe 10 feet out and then you continue out and you can create your own little drain field. So then after that 10 feet, you transition over into a perforated pipe that's got little holes around the outside. And then you'll set that in gravel and rock so that way the water has a place to leave that pipe. And so as soon as it hits that, it'll, you know, go into the ground and you can return that rainwater back into the soil and, you know, go out of another, you know, 20 or 30 feet. And you've got a really good drain field there. That's not a bad way to go. And that way you're returning that water back and you don't have to control it on the surface. So that's one thing to do. Now, another thing that you got to be careful with that, though, is you want to make sure if you've already got a, a clay swampy yard, that might not be the best place to put it. Now, I, in the past, with people's homes, I have rented out closer to the front of their house when they're up on a higher hill and let it kind of surface drain down towards the road and into the storm drain system there. Here's the problem with that. It can work really well, but it could be against building code in your area. So I don't want you to put this whole system in and then turn around and look at it and go, uh-oh, I got a nasty gram from the city saying I have water running into the street. They don't like that. So it's something you got to take into account. Maybe it's okay in your city. Maybe it's not. So it's something to consider. The other thing is if you're in an area that freezes a lot, you can have rain and the water's washing now across maybe a sidewalk to get to the street. 
Now you can always have a wet and icy area right there, and you don't want to do that to your neighbors or anybody walking on that sidewalk because that's also a liability for you. If somebody gets hurt, that could be its own issue. So something to consider. But really, controlling that water, getting it away from the house, that's the first thing that I tell people to work on if they have a water or moisture issue in the basement because that's really controlling that point load. Now, one of the things I don't like is storing that, and you could do little rain barrels, but you got to watch it because if you get an inch of rain, you could put, like I said, you can put 100 to, you know, 75, 50, depending on how many downspouts you have, gallons of water into that. Well, I have seen plenty of foundation damage by people sitting there putting in a two or three, four, 500 gallon tank right up against the house. All of a sudden, you're putting that load right there and you've cracked your foundation wall. And now you've got a chance of that actually busting through the foundation wall and ending in the basement when it's full. You don't want to do that either. So, Be very conscientious about what you do. And if you're going to put in a water system like that, you're going to store it. Get with your structural engineer to make sure that you create the right footing, the right pad to spread that out, and you put it far enough away that you don't hurt that foundation. Especially if you've got an older home. You get into the homes in many places across the country. If you're built before the 1930s, there's probably not rebar in that wall, so it's just concrete. So it's much more likely to crack and much more likely to damage by putting that load on there. So I've seen a lot of damage by that. And then the last thing is, is when we're dealing with these gutters and downspouts, in many areas, it's illegal to drop that into your sewer system. Depending on your area, that would be against the law. So don't go drop that into, you know, that clean out or something like that. That can be its own issue. And if you do, well, make sure that people know that it's legal or it's not legal. Just watch that, guys. I don't want to see anybody get in trouble with that, even though it can overload the system and if enough people do it. It happens in Portland here all the time because they originally had the storm drains hooked into the sewer system, and then when it rains, it overflows into the river, and nobody wants that. All right, we come back. We're going to talk about cracks in the foundation and leaking just as soon as Around the House returns. Be loud, be so Hey, it's Eric G. from Around the House. I personally invite you to join us on Facebook. Just look for Around the House Show and join our closed group, Around the House Nation, and share up your project or questions in our safe community. Find out more at aroundthehouseonline.com. Hey, this is Jaden Luke. I am a singer-songwriter from Washington State, and I'm going to be on this coming season of The Voice. So make sure to watch it on NBC as the season premieres Monday, September 19th at 8 p.m. Pacific Time. I'll see you then, and thank you so much for the support. Welcome back to Around the House with Eric G., your home improvement source every single week. Thanks for joining us today. Really appreciate you turning into the show today. Now, if you want to see more about Around the House or if it's a brand new station or it's a brand new podcast for you, make sure you can check us out at aroundthehouseonline.com. You'll see a bunch of stuff about the show there, as well as we've got a lot of information over there, including a contact us page. You can get a hold of me if you've got questions or even a show topic. We'd love to hear you. And if you're listening to us on the podcast, make sure that you click the subscribe or follow button on your podcast player 
That way you get the stuff during the middle of the week that doesn't show up on the radio show, like our midweek special, or when things happen out there in the world that we need to bring up, we'll throw one up there as well. So you don't want to miss that midweek content. Now, today I've been talking about water and controlling water around your house so it doesn't damage it. You know, we talked in the last segment about controlling water into the basement, making sure the gutters and downspouts are dialed in. This one here, I want to talk about a big one. Cracks in the foundation that are leaking. It could be a foundation crack. It could be even where the water line comes through the wall, uh, you know, where it's coming in from the street and it's leaking around there or sewer line, something like that. In the past, people would get in there with like a vinyl concrete patch and they'd, you know, get the putty knife and put it on. Or if they really wanted to work with it, they would get in with hydraulic cement and they would patch that up. And now the hydraulic cement actually expands when it goes in. So it tends to push out and, you know, block a hole pretty well. But there's a better product now that completely outdoes hydraulic cement. And this is really cool. So if you've got a crack or something like that, this is what you do. And I'll tell you about the product as we go here, but let's go through the process because this is a urethane that actually goes in and it actually is like a foam. Here's how it works. So if you've got a crack that's leaking in your foundation, you go through and clean that crack out really well. Get all the loose stuff out, dirt, you know, clean it up nicely. Don't worry about it getting too big. I mean, if it's getting really big, we don't want to do anything bad there to it. But you just want to get it cleaned up and the loose stuff out of there. So once you've got that, then you go through with a product called Cementol. It is an ultra-high-strength concrete patching compound. So you mix it up almost like to the consistency that you can make like peanut butter. We could almost make like a softball out of it, right? So you want to be able to have it formed. And then you're going to wet that wall so it doesn't suck that out. And, uh, you know, follow the directions on the bag, of course. I've also seen people use a bonding agent on it as well. But basically, you're going to go in and push that into the crack and get that fairly troweled smooth, right? You're going to get it all detailed out and get that smooth. And so what you do at that point is you buy this kit. Um, I get them either through, um, geez, one of the great companies is Rhino Carbon Fiber. They're a great one. You can over there, get it from there. And uh, they have a bunch of retailers that sell it as well. But what you're going to do now is you're going to drill into this concrete where the, where the crack was. So you're going to drill into that, and you're going to put in a little port so you can pump in this urethane mixture. So this stuff goes in kind of like, well, warm honey. If I was going to describe the product, it goes in like warm honey. And you're like, how is that going to patch up this wall? Well, here's what it does. When you inject that stuff in, it goes in the wall. As soon as it hits moisture on the backside, it foams up. And that's the cool part of this. Once it foams up, it is its own waterproof compound. So it goes behind the wall like warm honey, hits moisture, and then foams up like urethane. Kind of like a polyurethane glue, one of those urethane glues. So it foams up and fills the void back there with a waterproof area. Now, depending on the kit you get, sometimes you'll have these little glue-on uh, ports as well. There's a couple different ways they do it. Some drill in, some glue in, depending on what you're doing. Then you can go through, inject that in there, and then once you're done, you let it set up, and then you can go back and uh, take off those ports, grind them off, cut them off, depending on the kit you buy, 
and then you can just patch it up where those little holes are, then you've got a crack that looks pretty good. And then on top of that, you've got something that's waterproof. So it's a really foolproof method. I've rarely, rarely seen that fail in any situation with it. As long as you've done that process correctly, you've now waterproofed it permanently, and it's actually done it from the backside, which is really cool. So you don't have to worry about it pushing the, the patch off the wall or the hydraulic cement not working correctly. It's just a really clean way to do it. Now, if this is a big crack, this would be the time that you want to look at something like carbon fiber or a crack lock to tie those pieces back together, you know, and so that's where you want to probably, it's a little crack, not a big deal. You can fix that easily. If it's a bigger crack, maybe get that structural engineer to come in and take a look and make sure that you don't have more that you have to do. But don't be scared because what you can do with that is you can actually come in with carbon fiber strips and tie that back together in many cases and not have to replace that foundation. And so there's a lot of great things you can do with that. And, um, you know, if it's really, really bad, you can go in there with steel and put some steel supports in there or uh, even in horrible situations where it's really failing. I've gone in there and poured a new interior concrete wall and that actually will hold, you leave the old one in there, put the new one in, and that's a lot less expensive than jacking up the house. You really don't have to jack houses up anymore uh, and have to move them. There's so many different ways to repair it without having to do that if you get into that bad foundation. So that works really well on cracks. Now, there is a place that this doesn't work as well because it's just such a huge area. And that is the cold joint between your basement slab, right? And the concrete wall, you know, right where that floor hits the outside wall. Because those were poured at two different times. That wall was poured, and the footing was poured, and then they came in and did the floor later. So that's a dry concrete joint right there. So that joint is a natural place when you have a high water table for water to come up through there. And there's really not much of a fix to that without having to get into a big project. And that big project we'll dive into in the next segment here because that's an important one. And it's something that can be a lot for a homeowner. I've seen companies charge way too much money for them. And there's some systems out there that I'm not a really big fan of. So we'll talk about that in a minute. But that water coming through that crack, you are really going to start seeing some water through there. And if that's starting to happen, I have seen some big problems where water is moving so much into the basement through there because of that crack or that cold joint that it's starting to move mud and dirt through there. So now you're undermining that foundation. And so now you're taking that loose soil and stuff that was around the foundation and you're undermining it. So it's washing out underneath that. And that could be its own big structural problem. You got to really, I, I'll tell you a horror story next segment about that because it is a hot mess. So there's a lot of cool technology to do with that, you know, that you can use to actually fix this and make it good. So that's a key right there. Now, one other thing, too, and we're going to talk about sump pumps and all this, but one key, if you've got that existing sump pump down there, this is just a little side note. If you've got that sump pump and that sump pump is just dropping the water right back outside, it's like what I talked about in segment one. If that's not dropping that water out 10 feet away from the house, you probably have a, a circular pump there. It's like a fountain. You're pumping it out. Water's coming back down through the soil, and so you're just wasting energy and circling water around and back through, and that's going to cost you a bunch of money. Around the House will be right back after these important messages. Don't go away.
Welcome back to the Around the House Show, your one-stop shop for home improvement stuff all week long. Thanks for joining us. Well, we've been talking about today just dialing in water control around your house. That's that water that's trying to get into the basement crawl space, maybe flooding the backyard and all those different things because we're getting into that time of year in fall where this can really happen. You know, in some places in the United States or other countries that we've got listening, this might be the dry season. But for many of us, this is getting into the damper seasons where we tend to get a little more water. So this is how we control it. Now, here's the thing. We were talking about kind of teasing ahead this last segment about the water getting into the basement. How do you control it when it's trying to come up around the perimeter between that wall and foundation? Now, here's the thing. This is where this gets to be a project. What I like to see, if you've got that under control, you've already got your gutters done, and you're still getting water coming through there from a a high water table, there's really only one good way to fix it. And that's to do a below-grade French drain system that's going to collect the water below the slab, drop it into a sump pump so you can pump it out into another space and get that water out of there. But of course, you've got a concrete floor in the basement, and this can be a trouble. Now, there's different ways of doing this. There's a system out there that is a franchise that goes across the country if you're calling up and getting quotes, and it's this gutter trough system. And what it does is it goes around the perimeter of the house in the basement. And what it's do- what it does is it's meant to catch water coming through the foundation wall on the side and also collect water below grade, and it puts it into this trough gutter and goes back to the sump pump. These plastic troughs, I don't like for a couple reasons. First off, when you have that trough system around the the foundation, you now have a weak spot because if you think about it, that foundation wall has got soil pushing in from all sides, right? It's trying to push in to the middle of the house. That's just what it's naturally trying to do. Well, when you put a plastic trough around the perimeter of the floor system, Now you don't have that same compressive strength that that floor, which is poured in there to kind of hold it all together and lock it in, you've got a four-inch trough or five-inch trough there that's now a weak point, so I don't like that. Now, second of all, this is where the bigger problem is, and I physically saw this in a house that I was at, and it was probably the worst situation that I've seen in a long time. This was a 1920s house that had a spring out in the yard that was pumping water basically down into the basement. And so seven years before I had been out there, they had gone in and put in one of those trough systems around the outside to control the water. Well, here's what happened, and this was horrible. They had The guy had called because he was on his like fifth or sixth uh, sump pump because he kept basically pumping dirt through it and grinding up the pump because it's not meant to pump that much dirt. Where was that dirt coming from? Underneath the foundation. So I got out there and I could see there was a void underneath the foundation wall, which is holding the house up. So I got my inspection camera out. I've got one of those cool uh, inspection cameras, the Milwaukee ones, where you can put the little sneak down and look underneath there. The entire perimeter of the house, there had been so much water coming in that it actually had washed out about 8 to 12 inches of soil underneath the bottom of the foundation. So the only thing holding the perimeter of this house up 
was the tension of the concrete wall and the soil outside. So this house literally on the perimeter, a little earthquake, maybe some wet soil all the way down that would just make it loose enough. That house could have literally sunk eight inches. And then the bigger problem would have been is the front is the middle of the house had posts down the middle holding it up. So you would have had the walls move down eight inches, which would have pushed up the center of the floor eight inches. It would have completely destroyed that house. And that was because the water was taking the soil and washing it away. It was just washing it away underneath, and you had a big problem there. So that system, to me, had caused that. And so I, I actually just told the guy, I'm like, hey, look, um, this is so bad. I don't even want to touch this. You need to get a hold of an attorney. You need to go after these guys and uh, try to come up with a solution because, really, you're going to have to probably come in here and pour a secondary internal foundation just to hold the house up and then try to get concrete underneath that wall. There was going to have to be some serious work done. It was going to be very, very expensive, and it wasn't something I wanted to tackle. So how do you get around this? Well, I don't like using that system. What I like to do is go around and cut basically, you know, eight inches of concrete out of that floor like a little trough. So I'm going to cut that along. I'm going to cut that trough. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to dig down and put in that perforated pipe all around that perimeter of the foundation. Now, I don't like to do all the cuts at once because I still want that concrete to kind of hold the wall out there for moving. So I'll do, you know, sections at a time, come back and do it. You can brace things. So there's just depending on what the situation is or what the pressures are. I usually have a structural engineer look at it, make sure we don't get into problems. But you cut that perimeter trench, and sometimes I'll go across the floor too. If it's a, if it's a long rectangle, I'll cut across the middle sometimes too. So that way, if I have any water there, I'm grabbing it as well. And then I bring it into one or maybe two sump pumps, depending on what I've got going and how big a run it is. Sometimes I'll run it either way get my pipe sloped correctly so that can collect it and run it down towards the uh, sump drain. And that way it goes into the sump pump and then I pump it out and well away from the house. So what you'll do is you put some gravel down, you put the perforated pipe, put more gravel over the top. And then what I do is I pour concrete around the perimeter of that and smooth that floor out and get it all dialed in. Then you're pretty good to go. Then what I like to do is I put a nice sump pump in there preferably with a battery backup so that you've got some running capability if you lose power. And then you're pretty good to go. And then that way you can pump that out into, you know, a storm drain system. And if it's allowed in the city, you could maybe jump it into the, uh, trump it into your sewer. But again, you need to get permission of that and make sure that that's up to code. And then we would do that. And I tell you what, that was the only true way of getting that water table down. So you don't get water in that basement. That works really well. That combined with the sealing of the cracks and those kind of things, it works pretty good. And we were using good pumps. You don't want to use a very inexpensive pump for this because you want that water to get in and get out into that sump pump and get out of there. So that's the key. And that really keeps you in a, in a situation where, you know, it's just kind of foolproof. And then I want you to go in and take a look and clean out that that uh, sump pump thing every six months or a year. Make sure you don't have any debris or anything in there. Inspect that pump. Make sure it looks good and put that back in and just make sure that that water's going away. Sometimes we've run that pipe 
20, 30 feet away from the house and did her own system outside just so that would get away from the house and you didn't have it coming back in. Yeah, a funny quick story before we go out to break. This was hilarious. I was at a house, walked down to the basement, old 1800s house, and I guy's got a sump pump running. I'm like, man, where's all this water coming from? It was he he was complaining that the pump was running 24-7. Once he plugged it in, it was just running. You could see it was pumping water. So here's what I did. I went outside and looked, and he had it kicking right out about four feet away from the foundation wall. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. So I went over and found, uh, standing outside, he was still back in the basement. It was raining outside. It was a perfect situation. I went out, and he had a a piece of perforated pipe out there for his gutter system to be working on, and I just slid it over the one-inch pipe that was coming out of his foundation that was dropping on the water there. So I was putting it out 10 feet, 8, 10 feet away. It was so hilarious because within about 45 to 60 seconds, the sump pump turned off, and he goes, what did I do? And I walked him out, and he'd been running that thing for two months straight, just running that pump in a circle. So not only do you have to get it out of the basement, you got to get it out far enough that it's not going to come back into the house. All right, we come back. We're going to talk about doing that exterior water. Maybe you got that flooded patio out back or that water that's just slushy in the backyard. We'll talk about that just as soon as Around the House returns. solo today we're having a great time here in the studio and i hope you are too now we've been talking about water controlling it around your house and this last segment i wanted to talk about controlling that exterior water maybe you're on a hill and you got water running all the way down your hill and you're at the bottom and it's running backing up onto your patio up against the back of your house and you don't know what to do about it and this can be troublesome especially if you've got uh you know uh Geez, maybe it's a retaining wall that you've got water behind or you've got it just showing up in the back of your yard and you've got a spring or something like that where it's just mushy and you don't know what to do with it. So there's a couple ways of doing it to take care of it. One, of course, you want to have that grating where the water naturally runs away from the house. I want to see that where the soil, if you can, you know, is higher up against the house and it runs out eight or 10 feet. That really will help you get water at least on the surface, like that rainwater from coming in. What can happen is, is when you're backed up to a hill or something like that, where your house is in a low point, you got that problem where everything's trying to flood your house. So there's ways to handle this. And I've done this in the past and it's worked out really well. So it's something to consider. And sometimes it takes putting a sump pump even outside to control it. So here's what I've done. I had one project where the backyard was up against this hill, and water just kept running down on the surface. He'd get streams basically running into his backyard. And so what we did is we dug a trench down about two, two and a half, even three feet deep. And I put that perforated pipe down in there at the bottom, and I ran river rock all the way up to the top of that. I put some gravel on the bottom all the way up to the top, and made it like it was a 12-inch wide decorative rock border that went around the house. 
What that was is that decorative rock border was where water could come down on the surface, run down into this trench, into this perforated pipe, and then I could run it to a sump pump basin that would collect it and pump it out away from the house. This case, it was down into a little canyon that went behind into a nature area. So you could drop it over there and let that run down into that naturally, and it fed back to the nature area. So it worked out really well. You could also do that where it runs into, you know, another storm drain system and gets it away from the house. But what you do is you do that whole thing with that perforated pipe, and then maybe you run into a sump pump. Maybe it's going to grab it, push it out to that place out by the street or, or into the street, depending on what it is. I've had a couple houses where the they wanted you to direct your gutter water coming out of your gutter in your storm drain system out to the curb into the street so they could take care of it correctly. That was really good because I could always just put that stuff in there and then it would run out and go into the street and it would run down the, the curb and into the into the storm drain system. So that worked out great. So know the codes and the rules in your area because that's where it really makes a difference. But what you do is by the time you do this, and I know it seems like a lot, and uh, it worked out really well because what it did was is it would correct that, you know, collect that surface water and then put it into a spot where you can control it and get it away. And that works out really well. I would also do that, and I would even connect into this system You know, if I had retaining walls, and I've done this before, where I would run that same perforated pipe on the bottom backside of the retaining wall. So if I had water behind that pushing, that I could grab it and drop it into the system and take it out and away. So this works out really well. I've also done this type of dewatering system for yards. Ever have that yard that's clay, and whenever your wet season is, you get out there and it's just just like you're walking in, in... and soaked clay, this will also do that same kind of thing. And you do that by putting that grid across the backyard and making sure that you've got that under control. Now, the problem is many times, and this is where it gets bad, is you've got that clay layer and somebody planted grass in that clay area. For that, I like to go in and bring out, you know, take that topsoil out. I mean, it's almost like what what happened in Chicago Bears Stadium last week in the football game. Uh, you know, where they just had standing water on the field. They had a poor drainage system there, and that's the same kind of thing. So you want to come in and put a system in that lets that soil drain a little better so that way in that rainy season you can get out there. Maybe you've got pets. Maybe you want to walk across the grass. You don't have that standing water out there because that ends up being really hard on the house anyway because you don't want that high moisture around there. So the more you can kind of dewater that, the better off you are. So that's a key right there to doing that. And you can create that dewatering system that makes for a nice, well-drained space. And so we really enjoy that kind of space. But then you got to figure out what to do with that water. So it might take a pretty good-sized sump pump. When in doubt, if you can naturally move that water without having to use a pump to raise it up, you are going to be better off because when it's outside like this, you can run into issues with freezing. You know, if you're... It's a lot easier to handle this in Georgia than it is in North Dakota, for instance. So these are things you really got to be careful with so you don't break things, you don't freeze things, and make sure. Uh, And then, of course, you want to keep an eye on if you've got that kind of water situation, make sure you don't have water lines broken. Maybe you have a broken sprinkler sprinkler pipe. You've got that broken water main coming in. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a great example. My neighbor right now, I feel so horrible for him. 
they have the flag lot behind my house and such great people, but they're fighting a water main that keeps breaking because it's that 1970s black poly pipe. See it a lot of sprinkler pipe, but in the 70s, that was building code in my area and it was easy and cheap. And the problem is, is these 100-year-old or 200 or 300-year-old fir trees we have around here are pushing rocks up to the ground and uh, crimping or cutting that black poly pipe. So they've had, between them and the owners before, I think they've had four or five repairs, but it's also 200 feet of digging down the middle of their driveway, which they'd have to repave. So doing that repaving project for them is going to be an expensive one, but it is putting water out there. And if this was the wet season, we'd have a bigger problem. For me right now, we've had 60-plus days with no rain, so it's not a big deal. It's actually watering some trees. But if this was two months from now, getting towards the end of the year, we'd have a much muckier problem. There'd be a big problem with water and trying to control that, and that's a big one. Like at my house, for instance, I've got an issue, and I'll talk about this for a second. My driveway's down at the bottom of a hill, so the road is probably... Oh, I'd say it's six feet higher than the floor of my garage. And then I've got, you know, 75 feet or so back to my house. Well, it's a nice gentle slope. The problem is, is that driveway all drains down towards my house. And then it stops up into a three-foot area. And then when they built this place, they put in a little a little 9 by 9 or 12 by 12 actually grate that the water kind of leans over into and goes to there and goes off into a three-inch pipe it's a perforated pipe that goes off into the unknown. I have no idea where it goes. I've tried to track it, and it ends up kind of into a kind of a sump area underneath my carport, so it's horribly designed. So when I redo my uh, draining system in my garage here, when I redo that front garage area, I'm going to put one of those metal tr- graded trough drains that goes down across the whole front of the garage. So when that water comes down, it gives me a great place to drop it into, And then my backyard is lower than here. So I'll run that around and put it back towards the backyard and use that to, uh, you know, irrigate the back area back there. So I have a much better place for that. And it'll, you know, feed the trees and everything else back there. So it's going to be a great thing. But right now I've got to redo my whole driveway to do it. But that's going to be a project I do in the next year or two here because I want to make sure and get that done correctly because what happens is, is I have to put... Six months out of the year, I drop a sump pump down into that bin because when water, we get into these rainstorms where we have an inch or two of rain in an hour, that overwhelms that system. So I put a sump pump in there so I don't get water coming into the garage door. And that's my temporary fix. So it's a temporary fix for now, but I'm going to have to repave the entire driveway when I do it because I've got these big trees, which makes for a bumpy driveway because it loves to push up on my asphalt. So that's a big one. Well, hey, guys, we're going to be running out of time on this segment here in just a second, but I wanted to say thank you and make sure that you catch us on social media. You can find all the stuff. I'm going to be doing a better job of getting more consistent stuff up there on the Around the House show, Around the House with Eric G. You'll find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and, of course, our closed group, Around the House Nation, that you can grab as well. And then, of course, the website, Around the House online.com and message over there. If you've got a question that you want to have on the show, if you want to be on the show with a home improvement question, or if you just want to send me a note, you can do that over at around the house online.com. There's a really cool contact us page over there. And as we go into fall here, I'm going to be working on going back and doing some of those contests. We gave away some great stuff last year and I'm going to be working on setting up 
those great contests as well. So we're going to see if we can do a few more. We gave some great stuff last year away, and now I'm going to start putting that stuff together so we can do that again. So stay tuned. And we've got some great new interviews with some great fun people coming up as well. So don't go away. We're going to go out to break here and come back with hour number two just as soon as Around the House returns. Hey, it's Eric G from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's millboard.com. <laughs> 